Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Welcome to Speed City with John Massengill, Les Kaiser, and Jonathan Green. It's the fastest hour on the radio. Speed City. Welcome to the show, Gearheads. Who says Formula One is boring? Yeah, we got a little everything today. This was excellent. The only thing we didn't see is rain. Really? Yeah, that's true. We thought we might get some in Silverstone. Well, this is John Massengill. That was Les Kaiser. Jonathan Green is not in studio today. He's, he's causing mayhem in Laguna Seca. Yeah, he's absolutely calling mayhem. Well, that was a great race. Another great race. Two in a row for Formula One. I mean, this thing had it all. Lewis Hamilton wins and kind of snuck the win away from Botas. Botas really... Uh you know, was in the position to win the race after winning the pole and with a yellow flag on Giovinazzi, the timing of the pit stop put Bot- put Hamilton back on uh, the front of the race. And I wonder he, if he won. Uh, yeah, we're going to have to watch the cameras, see if Giovinazzi gets chased again and gets his hair cut completely off after <laughs> that uh, that loss off into the, uh, into the beach, if you will. All right, well, hey, if you want to join the show, give us a call and tell us what you think because we're saying no, that F1 is no longer boring. And after these two races, 512-643-5483, uh, give us a call and let us know what you think. But, but yeah, I think that it's great that it is the British Grand Prix and that Hamilton wins a record six times at Silverstone. And... Yeah, it's great. The the British fans are probably ecstatic that they've got Hamilton to to congratulate and celebrate with another Brit. And but the race itself, up and down, the battle really the 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 story of the race was Verstappen and Leclerc battling. And and there's so many. There's so just incredible things that happened during the race, but but the the battle between Leclerc and Verstappen was fantastic. Yeah, that was fantastic. That was some of the best racing we have seen in quite a while. But I loved the to see Red Bull and Ferrari hitting so hard on each other. Yeah. Especially Leclerc was racing well beyond his years. This was fantastic. The over and unders, the defending, everything was just really, really good. Even uh, the minor bumps. Uh, loved it. It was all in the spirit of racing, and uh, I didn't. See, I will say there was no dirty play at all. Yeah, and you know what about the Red Bull car? Because I mean, it it looked competitive all race long. You know, with Verstappen winning last week, obviously they got a good car. But you know, we were saying last week that you know the heat was slowing Mercedes down, and but that Red Bull car just battled wheel to wheel with Ferrari for the whole race. It was all it four was. cars. That was fantastic. I. Definitely enjoyed that. We will, uh, I hope it's a sign of things to come. You know, we, we're past, we're uh, getting through mid-season now. All the latest upgrades are on the cars, and they're getting fine-tuned. 
Yeah, and of course, one of the giant moments of the race was when Verstappen passed Vettel, and then Vettel just rammed into the back of him. I mean, it's really, yeah, I, it was... you know, we were kind of arguing about it off air, and I was saying, well, it's clearly Vettel's fault. Yes, and he rammed the back of him, and he's going to get a penalty. All four tires were locked up. Yeah, when he did it, so it. Uh... I'll say, uh, you know, and speaking of the judge, Your Honor, it's not quite as Mr. Massengill stated. He didn't purposely ram him. As you can see, the brakes were all locked up. Tires were smoking. He was doing his best at that point. But, yes, it, he he had made an, an approach for the inside of the turn and uh, decided that wasn't the right place to be at the last moment. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying, but, I mean, you have to – you got to give that penalty. So, well, let's just run – I don't know. I mean – yeah, you got to have something there. What I don't like is is throwing out penalties like this. This was the heat of racing. It was all good. It was like, you know, everybody was playing it right. Yeah, he screwed up, but, you know, it it wasn't in a I wouldn't say it was in a careless mode. It was certainly a mes- mistake, but no, I wouldn't say it was careless, careless but or still a aggressive. mistake. Yeah. Yeah. I I'm not I can't argue with the fact that it was not careless, but again, once again, we're talking about a Vettel mistake. Once again, I mean, it's it's it is now. You know, we we said it in the pre-race show. We said, is Leclerc going to become the number one driver? Did he just become the number one driver? I mean, it it how much more? How many more mistakes does Vettel have to make? And how much more incredible driving does Leclerc have to do? And and I know I say it like number one driver, like they you know like it's post it on their website like they announce it but there's obviously number one drivers in formula one and i think this could be leclerc doing this it's tipping another point yeah the tipping point that's that's i think this may be it yeah. well hey, let's run down the the grid here so lewis hamilton wins the race valtteri botas charles leclerc on podium third then pierre gasly <laughs> and yeah obviously because of the accident with verstappen and vettel but they, again, my point to the, those cars with the Red Bull cars doing great. So, uh, so Pierre Gasly in fourth, Verstappen in fifth, Carlos Sainz sixth, Daniel Ricciardo. <laughs> what? Hell freezing over. Williams, two Williams cars ahead of Ferrari. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, that's true. And then uh, Giovinazzi did not finish the race, and in fact, that was that was pivotal, really. Giovinazzi's not finishing was the yellow flag that caused the strategy that put Hamilton in the lead of the race. And then, of course, the debacle that was the Haas F1 team. Oh, my gosh. Uh, that was that was just... Do you think there is now a true uh, a letter from Rich Energy to Haas? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah Thanks, the, so what happened, uh, Roman Grosjean and Kevin Magnussen came together on the first lap and caused a puncture in both tires and and then ultimately both did not finish the race and man it's just when it rains it pours the Haas F1 team our American team just it's you know we we kind of expected this kind of season maybe the first season and we've living been living this storybook start to the Haas F1 team but this year has caught up and all the things that could have gone wrong Okay, so they had the dual, dual dual wheels come off in Australia, <laughs> Australia, but but this this season has just been a nightmare. 
Really has, really has. I, it seems, you know, when things are going well, they seem to, they seem all right. And I mean, they seem very competitive. I, I look back to Canada and watching KMAG blast through there and then slamming into the wall of champions and, and then bouncing across the track for the other one. But, yeah. uh, yeah, it is, uh, it is something else. I, I don't know what's, I don't know what the answer is. And, and certainly if I did, I'd be paid by Gene. Yeah. Well, dude, you know, this is, we talked about it in the pre-show, but they did a, Haas F1 did a complete reset of Grosjean's car back to, you know, all the way back to the beginning of the season and hoping to try to identify, I, I guess, you know, just like we, we talked about, but you, uh, you start the car over and then work your way back through and, and add things back. And, but man, what a, what a nightmare. It's painful. Painful. Yep. So the, you know, the driver of the day, it looks like, I think I saw it on the Formula One website that it's going to be Leclerc. I can't imagine right that that's not going to be the case. But yeah, they haven't announced it yet. But yeah, Leclerc looked. That'd get my vote. Yeah. But the battle between he and Max Verstappen, let's go back to that and talk about it because it, it it was really and and I kept hoping that they wouldn't crash each other out, and they didn't, and they they battled uh, smartly. But man, it was back and forth, and and uh, and they both, you know, maybe the two best young drivers in the game. I, I think, in fact, that's an obvious that they're the two best drivers, two young best drivers in the game right now. Yeah, and I am absolutely loving seeing all of this come through with uh, from the way he handled his qualifying to up Charles Leclerc was just phenomenal and he's been consistently building up. I think this is uh the, you know the the next generation. I think we're seeing it right now. I think it's just coming in and I think he is it. Well, we had fantastic racing. We had you know we had a safety car that changed things up. We had tons of battles all up and down. And at the beginning, we don't forget about the beginning of the race when Botas and Hamilton were going at it. Okay, so bo- they, they both started pretty good. Botas was in the lead. He was on poles, so he was in the lead. And then Hamilton passed him, and I thought, okay, this, you know, it's Hamilton. This, gonna run away he's going to run away with it. But Botas 3.0, he's gone beyond 2.0 because he's, <laughs> he, he looked super aggressive, super competitive, and he passed Hamilton back and, and took, the, uh, took the lead and, and held the lead until the safety car. They look, I mean, that was a great battle, and they stayed within – the one second uh, DRS window for a good bit. They did. And that was excellent. And uh, man, I, I was cheering for Botas, to be honest. I, I just want to see it shake up. I'd like to see it shake up into somebody other than Mercedes, but uh, at least, at least we're getting there now, you know, and with some of the changes they're talking about for next year and uh, for 2020 and also 2021, yeah, uh, could very definitely see more racing like we saw today in the slower sections. One of the things I'm particularly interested in is they're looking at one of the things that's being considered around the aero kit is reducing wing size. Hmm. And so that we're more dependent on the uh, ground effects instead of the wing itself. Why does that matter? Well, the reason it matters is the bigger wing in the back causes turbulence, and that's what's keeping cars from being able to close up to each other. That's why they implemented DRS 
to give you that little horsepower boost if you were within a one second of the car in front. Uh, I'm wanting to see cars be able to maintain that close proximity to the car in front of them everywhere and not be nearly as affected by the dirty wind, dirty air behind them. Yeah. Well, I want to talk about something else that happened. And you remember during the race, it was Verstappen and went into the pits and he went ahead of Leclerc and they had a great pit stop and Verstappen came out just ahead of Leclerc. They said like a meter. Yeah. I mean, essentially they were side by side all the way down pit road, but Look, you know, Verstappen was ahead, so he went out onto the onto the circuit ahead of Leclerc. But then he made a mistake and got a little off, or the track was mm-hmm. dirty, and Leclerc passed him. And I was like, "Oh, that was a huge moment, and was just a perfect uh, play out of the way they had been racing, hard racing against each other." Yeah, yep, fantastic. It is. Uh, it's really something else. Just the way that plays out that strategy we saw twice cars were side by side on the pit lane and neither time was a uh, unsafe release called. And I think that is because they were in control in both situations. The car, the second car came out and left room for the first car that was out on the, uh, on their way to the pit out. Mm-hmm. I think that was the difference in it is that they maintained that. Whereas before we've seen them jump out there, nearly collide. Somebody slams on brakes, all those kind of things to get through. So I agree with that, but uh, well, I, I think that was the key difference. So think, yeah, I think about what Leclerc said coming into this race, right? He said he was going to be more aggressive considering what happened to him with, you know, the stewards were happy with Verstappen right. overtaking him. Right. So he came into this weekend, said he was going to be aggressive and he was all race long. Oh yeah, but to me, I never saw that that controversial type of aggression or anything. So no, I, no, think, I think it was all within the uh, the spirit of racing, if you will. And you know what? This battle between Leclerc and Verstappen. How many years are we going to get to see these two future superstars? What it, what it looks like make this battle? So this oh, is yeah. going to be this is going to be hope a lot. Yeah, this is going to be fun to watch. All right, well, let's go ahead and take a quick break. And you're listening to Speed City. We're live in Austin, Texas. And back after these messages. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers, the best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built, Ducati. Even take it for a test ride or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin, online at DucatiAustin.com. Hey, beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. Talk 13.7, the right choice. 
Hello, I'm Felipe Massa, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. Just watched a great British Grand Prix. And I think it had everything you want from a British Grand Prix, except a little bit of rain. There was the threat of rain. There were clouds hanging out the whole time. But, man, it, uh, it, it shows you what the sport can do for us. You know, we had some pretty rough, boring races earlier in the season. But we've had a couple that have been great. And this did not disappoint. Lewis Hamilton winning the race. And Valtteri Botas right behind him. Obviously, you could argue that this was a bit of a gift to Lewis Hamilton with that safety car, but, you know, he's uh, put him, had himself in the right position. So I'm just looking down the grid a little bit. We talked about the battle between Leclerc and Verstappen. Gasly looking good. I mean, finishing fourth? I don't know this. It's got to be his highest uh, finish of the season, though. I'm not looking at stats, but I don't remember him finishing that high. And Max Verstappen finishing fifth because of the collision from Sebastian Vettel ramming the back of his car, sending him airborne, man. And and you heard him come on the radio saying that, I, what do you mean my car's working all right? Because they were saying, you know. Right. The, <coughs> the well, you saw, you saw so much of it airborne. He actually kind of went over sausage, you know, the sausage berm backwards. And he was flying backwards with quite a bit of air. I'm, I'm guessing that was, you know, a foot or more. And then slamming down onto the ground. And so... Definitely, I bet that floor got damaged. Whether they'll repair it or replace it before the next race, which will cost him at that point. So this should be—it's uh, not over even today. Yeah, the commentators were talking to talking about. They said they saw something under the car, like the the the, the bottom of the car broken out. But but anyway, Verstappen finished fifth, which all things considered, he's honestly very lucky because. When they came together, that was a pretty violent crash, and I thought, yeah. okay, they're both out of the race. But they both were able to finish the race. You know, Vettel down in 16th, but Verstappen in 5th. And then after that was Carlos Sainz in 6th, and Daniel Ricciardo, and then Kimi Raikkonen, and then Daniel Kvyat finishing in the points again, and then Nico Hulkenberg, last of the points. And if you want to call us and join the conversation, 512-643-5483, and... We have a caller on the line. Well, hey, we got Andy P. on the line. Hey, Andy, welcome to the show, buddy. Good morning, guys. How's it going? Oh, pretty good. What'd you think? Two in a row, right? I'm loving it. It, it is so nice to have fun F1 again. Yes. And I even wrote that down. I said two in a row. It's great. Yep, you're absolutely right. I mean, this one, at at one point, it was we were halfway through, and I was like, oh, my gosh, we've seen just about everything. And then it started to level out a little bit, and then Vettel rams into the back of Verstappen, and but the battles really all throughout just never stopped. Yeah, it was fun to see battles at the top of the, uh, of the grid. Um, the top six finally went after each other a little bit. I mean, the Leclerc-Verstappen battle, it, it, I want to see that go on for the rest of the year because those two were just amazing. The fact that Verstappen finishes that race, um, was pretty amazing after the hit he took in. The fact that he went airborne uh, was just incredible to me. Um, well, I know you got to be dis- the- Yeah, I was just going to okay. say, I know you got to be disappointed about uh, Lando Norris. Yeah, a little bit. It, it looked like the, the, the safety car kind of just uh, threw his strategy a little bit out the window. And, you know, they ended up having to pit him a second time. And he came back into that battle for the last 
point. And I think if he had maybe one more lap, it would have been a little more interesting. But, you know, that happens in racing. And and it's good to say that, hey, that happens in racing. Yeah. Yes. Something happened in racing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, you know, same thing with, with Hamilton being able to take the win because the timing of the safety car. Exactly. It just happens in racing. But, uh, but yeah, what else? You were about to say something about the other midfield battles. I mean, the, the midfield battles were, were incredible. I mean, between, you know, Sainz and, and, and Ricardo battling for six for, you know, about 20 laps there at the end. Um, great defending from Sainz. Ricardo always trying to overtake wherever he can. You know, uh, there was just, it was a, a very good race. It was, it was lovely to see, like I said. Um, it, it's, it's nice to have fun F1 back. Yeah, well, yeah, we were last weekend. We were so excited, but uh, with the British Grand Prix following up with another good one too. All righty, Andy P. I got to ask you, what about the Vettel Max incident? Was that penalty worthy, or was it just a mistake? I think it was penalty worthy, and I think Sebastian's already kind of gone on what interviews I've seen and has kind of taken responsibility for it. He, he looked like he just picked the wrong breaking point. And Max clearly had established his position, you know, well out in front. And, yeah, I think that one's on Seb. All right. So what do you think about my assessment? You know, in the pre-show, I said, are we seeing the switch from Leclerc, from Vettel to Leclerc as the number one driver at Ferrari? And after today, another mistake by Vettel and another brilliant race by Leclerc. You know, are we seeing, is this a tipping point? I would certainly love to say that. I just don't know that the Ferrari camp believes it yet, even though you've got, I think, a ton of empirical evidence. Look at the strategy call that they did to Leclerc. Yeah. You know, they put yeah. Him, I mean, that was just weird to me. You know, Ferrari seem obsessed with trying to win the race their way as opposed to playing the cards that they've been dealt. And if they just went with standard strategy, they probably have two cars in the top four again. Yeah, you just—I think you just yeah. summed it up for the entire that internet. That, that, hey, you know, he's got great answers. I got to ask him one. We're going to shift a little bit here. So, if we erase the name of Rich Energy off Haas, <laughs> what name are you going to put on it, Mister Mister Andy P? Uh, well, me being a Rossi fan, I'm I'm privy to Napa because <laughs> I think that would look pretty good going around the world. I don't know how much their global presence is, but you know, you could also put. Um, I could think, you know, an, an Exxon or an American oil company or, you know, some American company that would be able to go around and advertise throughout the world. Um, there obviously is going to be some sort of an opening at that Haas team because I have never seen uh, a company, a title sponsor, act like this ever. Um, yeah. This is really you're gonna astounding. Be able to write, you're going to be able to write business textbooks as to how not to run a company. <laughs> Yeah, it's really true. I agree. I agree. It, you know, it's hey, sadly funny. All right. I got one for you guys. Uh, you see him already in Formula One. How about Dell? How about Dell right here in Austin? Step it up a little bit and take over a title sponsorship of an American team. I, I honestly would love that. And I have a little personal knowledge about it, but that you won't ever see Dell in a huge motorsports presence nope. again. Hmm. At least that was that was the uh, the thought process a few years ago. Well, Andy P., thank you for calling in, buddy, and thanks for listening. We appreciate it. All the interaction as usual and your insights. Brilliant today. I think you summed up the uh, the situation there uh, with Ferrari about as good as anybody ever had. So thank you. Oh, thanks, guys. You guys have a good one, and enjoy the good F1.
For Thank sure. you. All right, we got another caller on the line. Uh, if you want to call and join, 512-643-5483. We got Brian from Virginia. Hey, Brian, how's it going? Hey, guys, great show. Really uh, big fan. I um, And the, the BBC call was awesome. I'm in the car listening to you guys on XM, so I didn't actually see the race. But, yeah, I think, and I agree it's an exciting race, but we've just got to put it in perspective of the, the boring Formula One. I've been a Formula One fan for 25 years. The first race I saw live was when Senna passed away, unfortunately. And, you know, so I saw the Schumacher years. I saw the Ferrari years where it was, and I'm a Ferrari fan, but I agree it was boring because, you know, Schumacher or Barrichello was in the front every time. But I feel like that's what's going on now with Mercedes. And, you know, although it was, I agree with you, there was some good racing, some good dicing going on. The, the race got decided by a safety car, you know, and and Botox did a, sounded like did an awesome job. You know, he had it was on the pole, had a great start. Hamilton is is unbelievable. I think he's the greatest of all time, in my opinion. Um, and Botox held him off until you know we get a safety car. So we didn't. What I don't like is you guys hit the nail on the head. We aren't seeing races decided on the track. We're getting penalties. We're getting safety cars. And, you know, it is. It's all about the design of the cars. I get that. I just hate that, you know, a great race, and even like last week with the whole battle penalty, you know, wasn't decided on the track. And and that's what I hate. But I, I agree. Great race. And I think the last caller also hit the nail on the head. I think Leclerc, though, I think Leclerc has, has you know, quietly jumped Vettel, I think, three or four races ago. I You know, I'd have to look at the races to decide which one I thought it was. But I think three or four ago, I think he's really strong, and I think Vettel is under pressure, and he's making mistakes. But love you guys. Love the show. Well, oh, Brian, thanks. yeah, fantastic. Thank you. We appreciate you calling in. And, uh, yeah, I'm glad you enjoy the BBC. They do a great job of calling the race, too. So, Oh, yeah. Brian, thanks a lot, buddy. We appreciate you calling. Uh, guys, I think that the, the Leclerc thing, I, I agree with him. And he is absolutely right about I don't want races decided on a safety car. Right. Um, and, you know, it, Jonathan has said this before, the same thing that Brian just said, that we've just seen, you know, there's been periods in, in history where you get a team that gets it right and it takes years for people to catch up. And we've seen it before and it's happening again. And he's right. I want to see a change there. And but I'm not going to take that away from today's racing because there was plenty of good racing down the grid and I, I do want the race decided by racing, but it was still a good race. You know, lots of battles up and down. Yeah, I am excited uh, for the change there. It's really going to be something to see. Who else is going to step up with Max, with Charles Leclerc? Who else do you think is next in the youth of the Lando of the Norris. Lando? I think Lando's one I'll of the, agree with of you the on youth that. that you have to – I mean, that was a, that was an easy answer when you ask about young upcoming drivers. Lando's yeah. definitely one of. Them. And you know, here's one that may surprise you, George Russell. I mean, I know he's in a car right now that can never, you know, yeah. compete right now. Yeah, his past though, he's been good, so I, I could see that. Uh, let's see what else down the grid today. We talked a little bit about Lando Norris, Albon. Oh, we we touched on, but Daniel Kvyat once again scoring some points. You know, nice. <laughs> we, at the beginning of the season we talked about. Uh, you know, him coming back because he, he, when he left, he was, he was a mess and he looked good. And, um, but yeah, the Lance Stroll in 13th 
I really didn't even notice what how his race went today and haven't had a chance to look at anything beyond that. But oh, and Sergio Perez in 17th finished below the Williams, finished below Vettel after the disaster. But all right, well, look, we're right up against the break. Let's go ahead and do that now. Let's take a break. And we you're listening to Speed City. We are in Austin, Texas, home of the United States Grand Prix, coming up here in November. And we'll be back after these messages. When we see a beautiful car pass by, we always seem to use a hand signal. The classic thumbs up, the point and shoot six gun finger, the hang loose thumb and pinky combo. If you've ever flashed one of those, now there's a car club for you. Introducing the Haggerty Drivers Club with exclusive members only events, insight on buying and selling, the Haggerty Magazine and roadside service. The Haggerty Drivers Club gives you a big thumbs up. So keep flashing those fingers. Same to you. Uh, just not that one. Join the Haggerty Drivers Club at Haggerty.com today. As a rider, you know what you like. The power, the feel, the ride. When it comes to gear, you know what keeps you safe. Ducati Austin provides riders with the finest in day and easy leathers. The best the market offers. Visit Ducati Austin on Breaker Lane just east of I-35 and throw your leg over the most iconic sports bike ever built. Ducati. Even take it for a test ride. Or see what's been described as art on wheels from MV Augusta. You know what you like. See it at Ducati Austin. Online at DucatiAustin.com. Talk 1370, the right choice. I'm a bad liar. Hi guys, Romain Gorgon from Passif One Team, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. Welcome back to the show. If you want to call us, 512-643-5483. Give us your opinion on what you saw, heard today in the British Grand Prix. I want to go back to the Hasefwin story a little bit because they were in the news this week, big, big time, with Rich Energy. And I want, just to set the stage a little bit, we talked about this a little bit in the pre-show, but I want to set it up again because this all started with the, the controversy with Rich Energy started with this tweet that they tweeted on July 10th. Today, Rich Energy terminated our contract with this Haas F1 team for poor performance. We aim to beat Red Bull Racing, and being behind Williams in Austria is unacceptable. The politics and PC attitude in F1 is also inhibiting our business. I, I still don't understand what they mean by that, but we wish the team well. F1, hashtag F1, hashtag Rich Energy. So that was followed up. By another tweet, Rich Energy CEO William Story has commented this ludicrous statement by minority shareholders cozy with Red Bull and white bikes is risable. Their attempted palace coup has failed. I control all the assets of Rich Energy and have supported all their key stakeholders. And then that was followed up with really the one of the most interesting ones, and that is the letter that was sent by the, the lawyers for the Haas F1 team and the the gist of it is probably the last sentence. It says, furthermore, there is the outstanding claim for damages against the company for copyright infringement in relation to its logo. So our clients, that being Hotsef One, are rightly concerned about the solvency, ongoing viability of the company, right? So they're saying out loud what we've all been saying, what everyone on Twitter and Facebook and whatever else has been saying, that 
the concern of the viability of rich energy. I really, I heard that from the moment they were announced as the sponsor, because the first thing we all did, I mean, had you ever even heard of them, much less seen or drank one? No, uh, before now I had not, and I still haven't tasted one, but here's one thing that I've, I see in a theme from rich energy, all of their promotions for one, you know, it's a, it's British premium drink. It's British performance. It's British. It's British. It's British. And they're on a Haas F1 car, which is technically American-owned team. They're premium, premium, premium. I mean, what do you think when you hear premium? If you if you're going to go buy a, a a drink, premium, you know, if you're shopping at the grocery store, and I I mean no disrespect, but Walmart is not where I think of buying ultra premium things, which is what they're hanging their hat on. Yeah. Walmart is their primary distributorship in the United States. <laughs> and I don't think of Formula One and Walmart being in the same arena. I know. I can't believe we should have tried I mean, to, I, we should have tried to find some to drink it because I I really we should we'd have a good educated opinion on it. But the people that have heard talk about drinking it say it's similar to Red Bull, it's sweeter maybe, but it's no distinctly premium or or whatever. But this is this is just a mess. You know for the, the energy and the, drink and the timing is is so bad right now with the team performing so poorly, and then these guys acting like a twelve year old with a Twitter account. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and the argument between Twitter posts, but you know the the, the one <laughs> energy drink that I I enjoy and I regularly you know consume, Patron Tequila. <laughs> that does give you wings. There you go. Come on, Jean-Paul DeJoria. Let's uh, let's jump in on that. Uh, maybe even his, uh, was it one of the vodkas I think he's in on as well. Okay, so that's your suggestion for the new Haas F1 team. Yeah. And I what think are we that's gonna... a very legitimate suggestion. Yeah. I love it. There you go. Uh, My and, favorite energy drink. And you know, they're what uh, I know that Jean-Paul DeJoria is an Austin resident. I don't know enough well, about Well, he's not company. sponsoring a... Uh, a nitro funny car anymore with right. Alexis, his daughter, stepping away from the That's drag racing. That's a great idea. You know, I suggested Dell a while ago, and you, you with you know having worked there before, you know that they're probably not going to spend any money. But that's a great idea. Tequila Patron, they they've got they, worldwide presence. They're worldwide presence. They they've they were an John Paul DeJory was an investor in Circuit of the Americas. Yes, and they've obviously shown their. Interest in advertising in motorsports. Now that was his daughter, but still. But yeah, that's a well, that's great a big idea. budget. That's a big, big budget for Formula One. Yeah, I would. Oh, and and we forgot about the part of the story. Speaking of budgets in Formula One, remember what happened right before William Story came out and said that they were no longer going to sponsor Haas F1 is they lost the lawsuit where in the lawsuit it said they have to disclose what they're spending on the Haas F1 team. So they were going to have to disclose all of these, and they may still have to. I, I'm not sure. But they were going to have to disclose what they spent to Haas F1. And, and maybe when we see that, if it gets disclosed, we'll I wonder go. if it was actually spent or they said they were going to. I'm sure there was a, a sizable investment to kick it off. Uh, if I know an American businessman as successful as Gene Haas, he got that check up front. And, and, I, and I'm wondering if it'll all become clear when we see the amount of the check and we all go, okay, well, that's why you decided to let this team that no one had ever, or this company that no one had ever heard of sponsor your team. Well, so, you know, having spoken to uh, William twice, it, it is interesting. 
if uh, his personality, and admittedly we're in Monaco and there's a lot of personality in Monaco. Uh, it was, uh, it was quite interesting. And uh, the, the personality or the enthusiasm and, and dare I say the, the braggadocious ego that was oh, there enormous was, was something else. Yeah, so we're going to play a clip. Les went to Monaco, and he was doing a little grid walk before and spotted William Story and walked over and grabbed this interview from him. Haas F1, we're live on Sirius XM. Tell me what you told me a few minutes ago. Why Haas F1? Haas F1, Rich Energy Haas F1 now is the best team on the grid. We think Gene is an incredible businessman. Gunter Stein is the best team principal on the grid. They're rewriting the rule book. They're an amazing team. They're independent-minded, and they're smart people. They're unpretentious. They're proper racers. And for Rich Energy, which is a British, better version of Red Bull, it's absolutely perfect for us. And we're loving working with them. They're the dream team, and we're delighted. How is that? From the man himself. You can't get any higher than that. Good we'll boy. Talk to you later, buddy. So that was six weeks ago. Six weeks ago, they were the best team. Everything is perfect. We love working with them. And then he tweets that they're so bad that he can't be associated with them. And then the, the, the internal battle ensues between the CEO and the rest of the shareholders trying to kick out the CEO. So, yeah, it's, it was really one of, the, one of the most fascinating stories, like you said, even in business. Yeah, yeah, that is, it's just interesting how that's playing out. But um, I've also uh, watched some of the forums and the discussions going on where people have, you know, can't find it. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it's, uh, you know, when I checked on that, it was like, really, it's at Walmart. <laughs> Walmart's everywhere. But again, I kind of raised my eyebrow over the idea that somebody that is in the Formula One environment uh, touting pre- their premium and, well, you know, all I, of that being at Walmart, which is actually one of the largest distributorships in the world, I think. now. Well, I just hope that there's a, there's somebody else can step in because... This is ugly. We just had somebody tweet at us at Speedcaster, uh, Jackie Peterson. She says, how many cars can Grosjean damage before Haas says enough? Oof. We talked about this in the pre-show, and I think that, that you know, I said we've still got some season to go. but And, and I don't know. Was that Grosjean's fault today? Uh, I honestly, I'll I tell you what, I bet there's enough. a lot of video watching that now from both cars <laughs> and all. I bet that's, uh, that's already on the agenda. Oh, sure. I mean, it ha- whether, whether it's up to, uh, you know, the race director or not, uh, you know, Haas, the Haas crowd is going to be scrutinizing that. Well, I think that there's, I, I think, I think you're probably right. You said it earlier and that it's, we're probably done with Grosjean by the end of the season because. There's plenty, there are some drivers on the sidelines. And, you know, this will spark the discussion that we had about on Twitter and earlier about what American drivers could take that seat, you know? Right. And if you, and if you combine that with an American sponsor for Haas, I think that is a, that would be a fantastic story and, and would go a long way to increasing audience in the United States. I think. That it's not gonna it's not gonna be the panacea, the magic bullet to bring Formula One to mainstream because I think that would take an American driver racing for Mercedes or Ferrari or whoever is gonna win, fight for the championship. Okay. I, th- I think for it to go mainstream, it would have to win the championship. But I think to to bring it up in exposure, it's gonna require an American driver at one of the premium at one of the leading teams. 
So uh, let's explore that a little bit. So if you listen to Speed City shows a couple of weeks ago, we had Gene Haas actually finally mentioned a name. You mean Gunther Steiner? Excuse me. Yeah, I've already done that, haven't I? That's, that's going to become I'm a theme. I'm Yes. <laughs> you did it on the grid of Monaco. Yeah, and did it. <laughs> just did it again here. Gunther mentioned Colton Herta. And I don't have to say that name with an accent for some reason. but <laughs> <laughs> So Colton Herta is on <laughs> that was Gunther's funny. name. You know, yeah. He's on his short list for names. And so, what do you think? He's a rookie in IndyCar, doing fantastic IndyCar, but would he really pull him up to the ranks of F1 with only a year in, as an IndyCar driver? Hmm. Yeah. My thoughts are, okay, why would he? Well, he he's looks good today. He looks good this season. His uh, price for hire has got to be really low compared to just about anybody else i i know one reason yeah if they're driving at the back of the grid like this <laughs> can't get any further back exactly <laughs> what else how much worse could he do and you know you know race driving as we see in the in the difference in the clear from the beginning of the season to now is so much about confidence and man we sat down with colton herta after he won in austin oh, yeah. We sat down with him, and that he is just brimming with confidence. And he has been flawless since the moment we saw him. I remember when, we, he, when he showed up in Austin for the testing. So it was, it was before he had done a race in Indy. He'd been in Indy Lights and, uh, and obviously done very well there. But it was before he'd done a race, and he hit the circuit in Austin here oh, at Coda. This... And I, walked, I was in the media center. And I looked up and I saw those lap times and he was lead. He led everything. And I was like, holy mackerel. I just grabbed, I tweeted immediately. I said, this kid is fast. And he has looked confident and he's not, he's, he's, you know, the, the team that he's on is not going to dominate in Indy. Right. Right. But he's won, uh, he, he's won in Austin. Wait, did he win a second Indy car race as well? Or no, he, he's done very well in Indy, obviously. Right. And he's got that confidence and, I don't know. Maybe do you take a chance? I, you know, I tell you what, that's somebody I'd I'd seriously consider. Uh, the official driver of the day has been announced from Formula One, and it is who we thought it was, Charles Leclerc, the man we were just talking about. Excellent. All right, we're, let's go ahead and take our last break, and uh, we'll make it a quick one. We'll be back after these messages. You're listening to Speed City live from Austin, Texas. Beer people, it's Christine Salas. And I'm Daytona. Salas Brewery is back in Austin and brewing again. Oh, Salas doesn't ring a bell for some of you? Well, for the last 17 years, we've been crafting the perfect comeback. We've returned to our roots with Salas White, a famous local favorite. Plus, we're creating some fresh new brews. And whether it's the first time you've tasted our family's legendary beer, or the millionth, we're thrilled to be back. Swing by your local store, watering hole, or our brewery, and let's catch up over beers. Salas, Austin's original craft brewery. We spend an average of 8 hours and 41 minutes a day facing screens. Laptops, smartphones, tablets, even digital refrigerators. But what are we really connected to? Isn't it time you connected to something greater? 
Sometimes the best way to connect is to disconnect. This moment of escape was created by Haggerty for people who love cars. Talk 1370. Hi, this is Gene Haas, and this is Speed City. Welcome back to the fastest hour in radio, Speed City. I think we ticked the box and used all of the, all of all the Haas F1 bumpers we've got coming back. Seriously, we do want them to do well, but uh, you kind of <laughs> can't ignore the facts. Uh, we got another caller on the line. By the way, if you want to join us, 512-643-5483. Larry in New York. Larry, you're in New York, buddy. Good job. Yeah, um... I, I go where I'm sent. That such is my life. <laughs> go where you're told. The best trucking F1 commentator ever. <laughs> that, hey, that, so, it's the life I've chosen. It's, it's like the Godfather. This is the life we have chosen. Um, <laughs> yeah, what'd you think today? Well, I don't really have a lot of commentary on today because by the time I woke up, uh, I was listening to the uh, post-race show with Jenny Gao and the presentation of the trophies. Oh wow! So you missed the race. Oh, so so what you didn't see, you know, if uh, Lewis Hamilton complained about the trophy back in 2014 and and said that it was, you know, didn't know what to call it, but it was red and it was plastic and it wasn't appropriate for Silverstone. Well, and so he wasn't the only one. They went back to the Royal Automobile Club bright gold trophy ever since and, and they continue to do it so he was happy he kissed it and it was all good and he got the so he got the real trophy yeah yeah i i got the you know the, the post-race commentary and things that did wake up for that i think he was on the outlap when i woke up but uh the really the, the thing that i'm struck by listening to all the commentary from you guys is gene haas finding out why the other teams spend so much money and he really can't do it on the cheap like, he's always thought he could. Him and Gunter Steiner thought they could do it cheaper and better than everybody else. Is is that what, what I'm really struck mm -hmm. by? Is that true? It may be, Larry, because, you know, it, we we saw them do it for three seasons, and it was it just lucky, or or has, has have things changed enough to where they... And, and who knows? You know, Jonathan had a theory about... Ferrari, although the the engine really hasn't been the problem, but you know the Ferrari, but Ferrari's been supplying them with more than just engines too. But that Ferrari may not be as friendly towards supplying them parts because of uh, the Alfa Romeo team. So, you know, it could be, and and certainly money is one of the things that that can fix things. But it hasn't helped Ferrari well, get think, ahead of Mercedes yet. I think they also have to manage that. Uh that perception that so many folks said early on, oh, so this is a Ferrari junior team. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so I think they have to be conscious of that kind of thing. I wonder if they're thinking at Ferrari with the uh, regrets that maybe Haas is tarnishing their image, and that's gross speculation from an uninformed source. Yeah. I mean, that's all we're all doing, the same thing. We're all speculating. But, yeah, I, I mean, look, there's – there's no doubt that some more money would certainly help try to fix the situation. But it is, it's just amazing. It's baffling that, that 
Kevin Magnuson can qualify fifth two weeks ago, and then these guys just be nowhere before they ran into each other, but and then be nowhere in the race after that two weeks ago. So, I mean, I've heard some really experienced Formula One pundits and commentators say exactly the same thing, that this is really almost unprecedented how fast they can be and then turn around and just be miserable in the race. Yeah, I, I don't know if it's a lack of maturity from the personnel on the team. I don't know how many turnover, you know, how much churning there is at the team. Um, and, and certainly trying to do it on the cheap, they're, they're not going to pay for the best talent. Where showing from NASCAR and the F1, it's all about team. Yeah, the drivers, such a, such a huge part of the team. But if the car is crap and the team is crap, it doesn't matter how good your driver is. You only put it on his back and carry it so far up the grid, like Alonso was doing at McLaren. You know, you're still yeah. not going to have that success. And I don't know if he's got to open his wallet. And now the rich energy debacles. I, I was reminded of Nature's Bakery and Stuart Haas. This has happened to Gene twice. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's. Uh, I mean, it's really. It makes you think about the big picture because. I think, I think Haas F1 originally said they were gonna they were gonna do a, a minimum of a five year commitment, right? And you know they've certainly achieved what he set out to do. And this is I'm going down a path that I don't like at all. But what I'm saying is they've they've achieved what they set out to do, and is that is is bring exposure to the team. And you know the old adage about there's no such thing as bad publicity. This rich energy thing has put. Haas, at you know they're 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 at the top of a lot of European news stories, and that's exactly where Gene wanted to be. And I, I know that's not where they want to be, but it's not the way they wanted to get there. <laughs> but but you know that it, there's that saying: there's no such thing as bad publicity. And and who knows? Maybe that they they say we do this another year, and then they get out, and then we're and here we are in America with you know back to where we started. That would be well, the and worst my, case. Uh, my thoughts on that. Somebody is looking. So there's a situation that's just been created to have all these eyes on Haas F1. So what if Rich Energy steps away? Somewhere out there is someone looking at the opportunity to be the the you know on the tail of that, and then have all these eyes on them. If they're watching, in case it's a train wreck, they're watching. They're seeing that brand name. There might be a sizable marketing opportunity for watching a train wreck, if you will. <laughs> well, it, it's a business model that they've been into twice as an entity. Gene Haas, it's happened twice to them because they doubted Nature's Bakery's uh, you know, ability to actually sponsor a team. And now they're saying they doubted Rich, Rich Energy's ability to sponsor a team to actually come up with the money. And then uh, is he going to become the Barney Visser of F1? Mm. Yeah, scary. Yep. Well, did you hear Les's uh his suggestion for a sponsor in Tequila Patron? Do you have one of your own? I said Dell, but he didn't think Dell's going to do it. What about you? Any any idea? Well, I would love to see Wild Turkey on it. Is that just from a personal preference? <laughs> <laughs> well, it is. I, I you know, I The other I great American energy drink. <laughs> Well, yeah, it is, and and it's a it is a quintessential American product, Kentucky bourbon. 
Yeah, that's true. And, it, and I think it would, could be a great marriage, you know, because right now boutique with uh, tequilas are hot. You know, Patron's in a fight with, with um, uh, Ron White's tequila and Cabo Wabo, and uh, they've made great strides in the quality of tequila, and I'm not a tequila guy, not by any stretch. But what is more American than wild turkey? Well, Both year... as, a, as a creature and a product. Hmm. Yeah, well, last year a tequila expert. What do you <laughs> think? No, I'm just tequila experienced. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fine line. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some see it different ways. No, it. Uh, no, I get it. I I think an American liquor company is a is a great opportunity, a special one on the worldwide platform. You know, Tequila Patron is out there, uh, and certainly Kentucky Bourbon would uh, would be considered one of the top bourbons around as well. Yeah, and yeah. all these beverages, you know, you've got waters and energy drinks and and obviously alcoholic beverages, uh, all of those I think, you know, when you're when you're mixing water and caffeine and sugar and selling it for four dollars a can, I think there's always room for always room for sponsorship money. Well, to be honest, I kind of kind of think, you know, the limitations you know, gone are the days that you can blatantly put certain products out and I think there's a risk to what alcohol gets allowed to be included because of the president set around tobacco products. Well, that's true too, but while Turkey's not that big a company, unfortunately, they make a fantastic product and it's sold everywhere, but I don't think they're really, because they're still an independent brand. I don't think they have the money, unfortunately. I don't know how fuzzy Zeller does it in uh, IndyCar. Um, and the other thing, uh, to, just to change gears real quick from what we were talking about before the break, how long would it take for the FIA with Grant Colt Herta a super license? Yeah, yeah, good point. Yep, I think he's, yeah, that, that'll be an effort in itself. Yeah, yeah well, that would affect us. I mean, the kid, I'm sorry to interrupt you there. I apologize. Yeah. I mean, he's got great genes because of his father. I mean, phenomenal driver. And he's showing the acorn doesn't fall at all far from the tree. But I don't, you know, the snobbery sometimes of the FIA, if they would grant him a super license based on his IndyCar experience. Yeah, that's a good point. Well, Larry, we're almost at the end of the show. You did miss some really, really great. you got to go back and watch the Leclerc-Verstappen battle because it, it was fantastic. It was really great racing. No matter how you know that Vettel won the race on a on a safety car, that that racing was so great, and we expect to see that for a long time. You got to go up and watch that. I know you have no idea how aggravated I how aggravated I am. But by the time I got to bed, and uh, being an old guy, I really wore myself out last night trying to help this guy for an hour and a half and soap with sweat. <laughs> I, I didn't have a good time, but uh, I was so aggravated. When I hit 211, and like, oh, my God, it's the end of the, oh, I was so aggravated. But uh, maybe I can't catch it because that's one for the ages. I mean, you have that kind, that level of activity and, and, and that level of overtaking. I mean, that's what racing is supposed to be, you know, for the things up, you know, the guys up and down the grid. When you got battles in the mid-pack and the front pack and, you know, decided on a, on a safety call, uh, you know, safety car, I, 
I mean, what more could you want from a race? I mean, literally, what more could you want from a yeah, race? Yeah, it was a good race. Well, Larry, I we appreciate you calling, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. All right, guys, well, we got to wrap it up. We are out of time. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And uh, check us out on our website, speedcitybroadcast.com. And don't forget, we have a pre- and post-race show for every Formula One race. Find out all the details on our website, and we will talk to you next week. Ciao, y'all. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.